Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. dancing along with the dancers. <laughs> Good morning, Unity of Farmington Hills and our online viewers. We don't see you, but we know you see us. So we welcome you today to our annual Veterans Appreciation Day service. I'm Lois Jones. I'm the platform assistant today, and I'll be sharing the announcements and special events with you. If you're a first-time visitor, please take a welcome packet from the usher as you leave the sanctuary. Then let's get together after service in the social hall for great conversation and fellowship with one another. Our fabulous, fabulous hospitality team has prepared 
refreshments and tasty treats for our enjoyment. Thank you, hospitality team. The UFH Veterans Peer Support Group will host a Veterans Chili Fellowship Celebration on Veterans Day next Saturday, November the 11th from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. That's chili food, not chili weather. <laughs> Veterans and their families are invited to enjoy food and chili, I'm sure, fellowship, raffles, and prizes. The Love Flow Direction Class Part 2 with Carl Schluter will be presented next Sunday, November the 12th at 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. in the social hall and also on Zoom. The women's group will host the class in lieu of their monthly meeting. The annual Children's Church Thanksgiving food drive has started and runs through Wednesday, November the 15th. Our goal is to bless at least 50 or more families with meals for Thanksgiving. Please support our goal by donating cans of vegetables, potatoes, stuffing, other dry food, diapers, formulas, etc. Please bring your donated items to the drop box area in the nursery instead of the social hall. You want to know what's going on? Well, our next town hall meeting is Sunday, November the 19th at 11.30 a.m. in the social hall. The board and Reverend Kelly will share an update on the capital campaign, other updates, the current church status, and future plans. So it's also a time for you to get some of your questions answered. Our annual Heart of the Holiday Formally Adopt a Family will begin on Sunday, November the 19th through Wednesday, December the 13th. There will be a tree in the lobby outside of the sanctuary with the family's wishes hanging on the tree. Pick a wish, shop for the gift, the wish, and bring the wrapped gift to the church no later than Wednesday, December the 13th. So, would you like to spend a fun afternoon together, would you? Yes. Great, we can. For those interested in a group outing, we can attend a matinee performance at the Farmington Players Performing Arts Theater, located on 12 Mile Road near Orchard Lake Road on Sunday, December the 3rd at 2 p.m. The name of the play is A Nice Family Christmas. It's a comedy, and nice is the family name, with a humorous and outspoken little grandmother. <laughs> Tickets are discounted for us at $20. However, we need to know how many are really interested because the tickets must be ordered ASAP. A block of tickets are kindly and temporarily being held for us because the matinee reservations and, and all those tickets sell out early and are already uh, pretty well spoken for. We will order tickets based on committed numbers requested. No money is due today. You just pay the church back when you pick up your ticket. <laughs> is there a if you are interested in attending or inviting a guest, Please see me after service in the social hall. It will be fun to laugh and spend time together. The group tickets and maybe any other tickets, uh, any other matinee tickets, may not be available after our initial order. Eileen Lindbergh, and I don't see Eileen. Oh, Eileen Lindbergh is the prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. 
Please exit the sanctuary immediately after service to allow Eileen a quiet space. To stay abreast of our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that's emailed every Friday. To receive our newsletter and email blasts, go to unityfh.com and fill out the email blast form at the bottom of the page. And now, as the music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare for our spiritual communion. communion. And welcome back, Nick. the first Sunday in November, and as is our tradition, we will share a communion together. We will share a spiritual communion in the spirit of oneness. In the 12 Powers of Man, written by Charles Fillmore, it states that the subconscious realm in man has 12 great centers of action, or 12 powers. These identities, such as love, faith, and wisdom, etc., are expressions of the one power, the Christ within each of us. The power of November is represented by the power of elimination. It is also represented by the disciple Thaddeus and the color rust. Let us now join in the oneness of God and share a common union, a communion with our oneness. We will follow responsive reading with my lead and your response. I will respond with you in the responses. The Lord's Supper has a place in the Church of Christ. Our church observes it, observes it in spirit. It is the spirit that gives us life and understanding. Symbols are useful to the extent that they serve to point us to the realities for which they stand. When understanding and realization of truth are attained, the symbols may no longer be necessary. Of what is the Lord's Supper a symbol? Bread represents the substance of spirit, the body of Christ. Wine represents the life of spirit, the blood of Christ. How are we transformed by the blood of Christ? Together, by accepting the life of Christ as our own, the blood of Christ came to bring to all of us 
the knowledge of the abundant, omnipresent life. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. How did Jesus say that we should worship God? Together? God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The Lord's Supper is a form of spiritual worship and must be spiritually understood. How may we discern the Lord's body? How do we eat his body and drink his blood? Together? We discern the Lord's body by recognizing that it is substance and that it is within us. We eat the body of Christ, substance, and drink his blood, life, by affirming the omnipresence of substance and life. We claim union with substance and life. This is the true sacrament. Our bodies are vitalized and renewed when we partake of this sacrament. How may we prepare ourselves for communion with our Lord? Together, ourselves, by affirming deeply with realization, my heart is right with God. My mind is lifted and quickened by the Holy Spirit. My ability to release is aligned with Christ. And he took bread, and he gave thanks and broke it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Together softly. I now partake of spiritual substance, as I meditate within my heart and mind. On these words of Christ, I now realize that the Christ body is being formed in my consciousness. I'm radiant, living substance. Every cell of my body is alive and alight with the glory of God. I enthusiastically accept my good and go forward to achieve my purpose. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave to them, and they drank all of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Together, I now drink of the life of Christ as I meditate upon spirit and the truth of his works within my heart and mind. I feel the creative power of life more abundantly. I am the Christ, one with the living God, I am that I am. Together, we, we consecrate ourselves through recognizing our purpose to bear witness to the truth only, to speak truth, to hear truth, and to see truth to the best of our understanding and ability. In this way only can we do the healing work of the Christ dwelling in us. Thank you, God. Amen.
doesn't get any better than that. Let's give him another hand. I chose service as my topic to speak on today. It seems quite fitting that we talk a service on Veterans Appreciation Day. On a day like today, we honor those people who gave of themselves to serve our country. 
Of course, it's a personal topic for me as well. And before I go any further, I would like to personally add my thanks to all those who have served and all those who are serving. I ask now that each veteran and the family of all those veterans, please stand and allow us to recognize you. I would also like to present you. We would also like to present you a token of a flag pen that you can wear in appreciation of your service. And we wholeheartedly thank you for that service. Before I continue, allow me to center myself. May the words I speak be the words of truth. May the words that I've heard be the words of truth. May the divine ideas behind those words be understood. And may the Christ in me speak to the Christ in all. Amen. How may I be of service? This is a question we often hear when someone wants to help us. We go to a business, we go to a restaurant, we call some store, and we often hear those words. We honor our veterans today, but I believe that all people serve in some fashion, and that is what I plan to build up to in this talk today. The idea of Lord and servant is a very pervasive idea in the Bible. It shows up in both the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian scriptures. The words servant, service, and serve in various forms show up about 1,100 times depending on the translation you have in the Bible. With that many occurrences, it must be an important topic. It seems appropriate to spend a little time to try to understand what that really means to us as groups and us as individuals. As my title might imply, I'm going to leave you with more questions than answers. I believe it's better to have questions that cannot be answered than answers that cannot be questioned. I think I stole that one from Carl Sagan. And I, it works. I mean, it has always worked for me. Um, I spend more time in contemplation asking questions than I do in answering them. My, my talk is going to follow a, a simple set of questions. I'm going to talk about what service is, who serves, how they serve, why they serve, and to whom we serve. And I'm going to use that simple format to kind of guide us through that. And again, I think I'm going to leave you with more questions than answers. So who serves? Of course, on a date like today, we think of the military, and that comes to mind. And certainly, those people in the military service have given of themselves. And we think of military service, we think of sacrifice. And I was introduced many years ago to the idea of a blank check, in that a veteran basically says that I am someone who at one point in my life wrote a blank check, make payable to the United States of America for an amount up to and including my life. That's a strong and honorable statement, and most lived up to that commitment and pay with their lives. Some pay with a lifelong service commitment, and others lost their lives in conflict. In many ways, I see the lives of the apostles bearing that same type of commitment. In fact, many of the early apostles met with some pretty horrific deaths. And it seems like a very high price to pay for your beliefs. So, do you think that's what God expects of us? And I'm not going to answer that. 
does God expect us to commit ourselves even unto death? Those are questions I'll leave to you to ponder. Veterans are just one group that serves. Beyond that, we have our first responders, medical staffs, service providers in many fields. We get our cars serviced. We get service at businesses. The terms serve, serving, and service show up every day in our every, everyday lives, everywhere, just like they show up in the Bible. Some have put it this way. They said that we are all servants, and it is only a matter to whom we serve. I like that. Do you agree that everyone serves? I'll leave again, leave that with you. For the sake of moving forward, though, let's assume that everyone does serve. And then allow me to go further into what I'm going to talk about. What, what then, is service? Um, when I think of service, I'm reminded of my mother and father. Um, my dad was a very generous tipper. And when he got good service, he would recognize it at a restaurant. Um, Mom didn't quite see it that way. Mom would oftentimes pick up the money on the way out of the restaurant to adjust the tip. And at some point, my father just said, Betty, don't you, think you, don't you think I know what I'm doing? Don't you think I can recognize good service when I see it? And that's where the argument ended, at least as far as the kids were concerned, because what happened in private stayed in, stayed in private after that. But I think it's very truism, right? I think we do know good service when we see it. We definitely do. But a word so often used, shouldn't we understand the meaning fully? I know we can point to it, and I know we can see it, and we know it when we see it, but what does it really mean? So, when I get stuck on a question, I go to others for ideas, and I found a few that really kind of worked for me and I'll share them with you. Hopefully they'll work for some of you. Webster, simple answer, says that service is the action of helping or doing work for someone. I like that one. There was a daily word in 2013 that defines service as an act of helpful activity. That's pretty good too. I found a short and sweet definition that I really like, and I'll share it with you. And it was simply that service is the act of love. Not sure where I heard it or where I picked it up, but for some reason, that one stuck with me. Ralph Waldo Emerson, another place that I went to get this one. It is one of the most beautiful compensations of this life that no person can sincerely try to help another without helping him or herself. That's pretty cool. Serve, and you shall be served. That's pretty cool. If you love and serve people, you cannot, by any hiding or stratagem, escape that remuneration, which basically says a big word for you can't get away from it. It's just the way it works. In the book, Working with God, Gardner Hunting goes far as to say that there is a law of serving. I didn't know that. He states that like all great principles, it works in both directions. Serving gives birth to loving, and loving to serving. It sets up a benign cycle, blessing piled upon blessing, good reacting in good, joy reacting in happiness. Looking a little closer to home in unity, Myrtle Fillmore said that it is not enough to understand spiritual teachings. We must live the truth we know. 
actually, that was Ellen Devonport, but we all say the same thing. It must probably sound familiar to everyone here. Principle number five. So in an article about that, Reverend Kelly Isola brings forward this idea very strongly. She says it's not always best for a person to continue doing what he or she likes to do or that for which he or she has been trained. We need to round out, develop our faculties, do that which brings us closer to humanity and that which increases what the world needs most. What the world needs most. <laughs> okay? It especially speaks to me in my stage of life, post-retirement, experiencing a new calling, and certainly a rounding out, as Myrtle might say. Maybe service is just like the fifth principle, doing what the world needs most. Reverend Isola states it eloquently later when she says, being a service to the world, to all forms of life, is the other half of the equation for healing and wholeness. If I believe the interconnectedness of life, then all of my spiritual growth, health, and well-being is informed and in part determined by yours and I cannot operate in a vacuum. Through service, I set the law of giving and receiving into motion, and I am blessed in return. My acts of helpful activity bless me and all those I touch. So in a nutshell, service might be defined as a pattern of giving and receiving. It's a pattern that we talk about a lot. We talk about prosperity. We talk about that giving and receiving that flow of love that Carl talks about in his book and his classes. So perhaps it is just God on both sides of the equation. If we break it down, it could go something like this. Each of us is an individualized expression of God. God is providing service through me to you who is also God. Love is on both sides when we serve. So the questions get even more tricky here. Are we the ones serving God, or is God the one serving us? Or is service just simply the act of God loving God through each of his individualized expressions? I like to think that that's the case, but I'll let that settle into your consciousness. Let's not leave the topic of service without talking about what we're doing right here and right now. We are at a worship service. That word shows up again. Must be there for a reason. There are worship services, wedding services, funeral services, so many events in our lifetime we take place in what's called a service. By attending a worship service, like we are right now, are we performing that act of service? that act of helpful activity, that act of love right here and right now. It seems wonderful to me to say that we are. When you look at everything that happens to bring this experience together, the preparation, the gifts from God that each of the people here are given, all coming together to share that together with each other, I would say that this is one of the finest forms of service that there are. But let's set down the definition of service just for a minute. If we believe that we should serve, and I'm going to say that, that we're going to establish that for now, that we are the ones who should serve, 
and that serving is whatever our helpful acts are, how should we go about it? How should we really go about doing this? One idea, obviously, is to show up for church service. That certainly doesn't. But I believe that there are as many ways to serve as there are people here or anywhere. And that should give everyone confidence that they can serve and will serve. Um, I'm going through a Unity, licensed Unity um, teacher courses right now. And one of the courses we did recently, they gave out a spiritual gifts worksheet. It was really pretty cool. Twelve overall areas and over a hundred traits, different character traits that you may or may not possess. And it was a great guide to think about service and, and how we may do service. Some of the major areas were administration, giving, healing, leadership, pastoring, teaching, and discernment. It was an expansive list. And as I read those, you're probably in the back of your mind thinking, I fit into some of those, and I know other people who fit into other ones. And it goes on with some very detailed level traits. And as I read these, just let them settle and see if these are traits that you may possess, that you may capitalize on for service, or even what you see in other people that you may want to bring to their attention. They may appreciate that you recognize these traits. Things like efficient, detail-oriented, organized, truthful, relational. Yeah, I can tell people will chuckle because they do know. They do know those gifts when they hear them. They are in their, their hearts. Affirming, positive, inspiring, optimistic, charitable. And that's just a portion of the list. The bottom line is that there is something there for everyone, and I do believe it's that way for a reason. Our wayshore had some words on how to serve. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him will my father honor. That's in John chapter 12, verse 26. So a simple answer could be, we serve by following Jesus. To do that, we might simply look to the actions of Jesus and answer that old wristband question, what would Jesus do? That was a big pop, for those younger people, that was pretty popular 30 years ago or so. So we could ask that question. Or in a metaphysical sense, we could seek out our Christ consciousness in the silence and pray and simply ask the question, Lord, what is mine to do? In doing this, we may well hear the echoes of a couple of the ideas that I mentioned in the guide previously. I found an article by Wayne Dyer that I think helps explain some of how I feel about serving. Many of you may know him or know of him. He was a great seeker and teacher of unity truth, even though he never called himself that in fact, I got the idea for this speech from this work that I'm going to reference now. In his work, How May I Serve?, he explains that the answer to this question can certainly change your life. He says that thinking of others first causes you to feel joy. 
The gift of feeling good, or feeling God, as he says, within comes from serving and surrendering rather than from demanding. To me, this sounds a lot like love your neighbor as yourself. Another Wayne Dyer quote goes like this. If you say to the universe again and again, how may I serve? How may I serve? And you live a life reflecting that principle. The universe is going to respond back. How may I serve you? And that's where I got the title for today's speech. To me, this sounds an awful lot like knock and the door shall be opened. And for one more perspective, let's go back home to Unity, to Charles Fillmore, the other co-founder, who says that the value of all service lies in the spirit in which you serve and not in the importance or the magnitude of the service. Even the lowliest task or deed is made joyous and prosperous when it is filled with love. How then do we serve? Can we demonstrate service in our actions and simply lead by example? I'm going to leave the how for now and move forward to what I think is probably the most important question that we all have to ask, and that is, why should one serve? Jesus said that he came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Matthew 20, 28. Perhaps... It is simply enough to say that Jesus served, and therefore, so shall I. Jesus followed his Christ consciousness, and I will do the same. Is it even important to know the why beyond that? Can we do loving acts of help without knowing why we do them? Emily Cady, in her book, How I Used Truth, talked about the hands of God and what the hand of God means to her. And I thought it was pretty good how she described that we are the hand of God. Our hands serve as the hand of God when they are expressing or carrying out the plan of the will of God. They serve as the hand of God when they are doing acts of love, kindness, and thoughtfulness. They are truly the hand of God when they are doing the constructive work that brings our manifest world closer to the ideal world of God. I ran across an interesting story as I was doing this research. It was a story about Gandhi. I think most of us know something a little bit about Gandhi. Um, he was once asked if his motives for his great service were humanitarian and altruistic. His response was a bit unsuspected. He said, no, not at all. I am here to serve no one else but myself, to find my own self-realization through service to these village folk. Quite an interesting response for someone we see as a true servant of others. So as I thought about it, it seemed to me that he was pointing back to loving acts of, of kindness put forward to others getting reflected back to us. When we serve others, great healing is returned to us. How wonderful it is to know that loving service begets loving service, begets loving service, and so on. 
So let's assume that's the case, and loving service, begetting loving service, is the why. Whom should we serve? At this point, it probably seems an easy question to answer, given all that we've talked about so far. Service is to us the same as service is to others. And service to others is the same as service to us. In Philippians 23, or I'm sorry, chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, it states, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. A certainly a call to service. Is self-serving a different form of serving? I'm not going to answer that. Is being self-serving selfish? I'm not going to answer that. But does it say in Philippians not to look out for your own personal interests? Or does it simply say, don't do just that? In other words, does it say that we should do both? If we break it down a little bit, it becomes clear. Well, perhaps clearer to me. We believe and we've stated here many times. We should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and spirit. We've also said this second great rule is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Therefore, service to us is service to others. And service to others, service to us. Do we serve God by seeing God in others and doing loving things for them? Do we serve God by seeing God in ourselves and doing loving things for ourselves? If the answer to both of those questions is yes, and it is to me, then our words should become actions. The best way to do that might be to first speak those words, either aloud or in our minds. Maybe we treat it much like we do denials and affirmations. What I'm suggesting is that it might be a good idea to go into your Christ consciousness, your sacred place of the Most High, Go into the silence and commune with the divine mind. Find out what God intends for you to do. Simply ask, how may I be of service? Ask, and it shall be given. It is promised that the new covenant of Jesus is written into the heart of each person. Your answer will come. If you'd like, you can start right now with the simple meditation that I'm going to read. I got this meditation from Ellen Davenport's The Five Principles. And she talks about the fifth principle here. And she helps us to answer the question, how may I serve? I'll read it aloud. Feel free to close your eyes if you wish. Hear the words go into your mind as I say them. If you'd like, hear yourself saying them, and I will pause along the way for you to be able to do that. If not, just listen along. Meditation on Principle 5. What 
is mine to do? How am I to serve? I have come to this human experience not just for myself, but for others. I stand ready to share God's love with them. That love expresses through me and as me. I make myself ready. I ask for my perfect place of service. I live the truth, knowing that God is all, that I am God, and that we are co-creators. I am never separate from divine radiance, and I let my light shine to illuminate those in darkness. I let my heart expand for those who need love. I give freely as it has been given to me, and I am grateful for all of us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Can we give uh, Steve one more round of applause, please? so far down how's it ever gonna turn around so I turn my eyes to heaven said God why don't you do something well I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty children sold into slavery people dying in malls and streets so I shook my fist at heaven said God why don't you do something he said, I did. I created you. If not us and who, if not me and you, right now, it's time for us to do something. Like angels of apathy, we tell ourselves 
It's alright, somebody else will do something. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of life with no desire. I'm gonna do something If not us, then who? If not me and you Right now It's time for us to do something Yeah, yeah If not now, then where? Will we see? for coming out today. This is our time for our love offering blessing. So if you could please bring into your heart what you're led to give today. And I want to try something that Reverend Kelly and I have been talking about. This is an offertory celebration that we used to do years ago here, and I found it, and she loves it, and so I am going to start it today. Are you ready? There's going to be a call and response. Some of you will remember it. I start. Thank you, God, for these gifts of love coming from hearts of love to bless this ministry of love. Please repeat after me. Thank you, God, for your ever-increasing, unceasing flow of absolute good into our lives now. And then we'll do our divine love prayer. It will pop up in a moment. 
Divine love through me blesses all, all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. And you all know how to donate, I'm sure. You can go onto our website, unityfh.com, hit the little donate button, do your thing. You could mail in a check, and you all know our address, 32500 West 13 Mile Road. Dennis, what's the zip code? 4833. <laughs> and then also you can please give to any of our ushers. There's a bag, a green bag. You can give cash or check, so thank you. And let's all stand for the prayer for protection, please. Together. The light of God surrounds me. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.